We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Derek Van Riper, Nick Whalen. It's week 15. It's really cold outside. I wore a hat during a video this morning because I didn't want to go outside without a hat. I didn't want to sit there in the bathroom and like groom myself before video. We um, need a makeup department. I've been saying this for years. We Why need, do we, we not have shower, a makeup department? I think, actually, too. Like, I, I would well, rather... Shower? Yes, because I would rather wake up Get in the car, drive to work, shower at work, and then prepare for the day at work, then do it at home when it's this cold. Because if it's minus five outside, you can't walk around without a hat. So you got to throw a hat on. 
if you don't get up early enough to actually let your hair dry or dry your hair, this is a major problem for everybody that's listening. If you don't do that, like you can't you can't wake up with wet hair when it's minus five. Like you'll, you'll actually Just dry your hair off. Like your hair's with what a towel. Yeah, with a towel. No, I mean how. This is not really an issue, right? Like I can see if you're, you know, if you're a girl or if you're a guy that has like really long hair. I do have like, long hair. No, you don't. I mean, you could towel that thing off in like three minutes. You'd be good. No, I'm. So tried. you did a video segment with a winter hat on, like knowingly, or you just forgot you had it on? No, I, yeah, I, I planned. I'm like, well, I'm just keeping the hat on. I'm, huh. I'm going in on the hat, and it was a big hit. So yeah, I'm, they probably like it. It's like, oh, look at these Wisconsin folks. Look at this so guy cool. wearing his hat. The color rush day. He's yeah. wearing a red. It hat, is color rush. Shirt. That's right. Happy color rush day, everybody. The Seahawks are 16-point favorites tonight uh, in a game that – did Richard Sherman refer to it as a poop fest? Was that his uh, – well, was, was he talking about the Packers game as a poop fest or this game and, like, the scheduling as a poop fest? I think he was fest? referring to the scheduling. I'm just going to Google and, the word poop fest Thursday right now night games. see what comes up here. Be careful with the Google. Is your safe search turned on? No, never. Oh, Fine. You what do you think I am? Um, yeah, Richard Sherman uh, – He's referring to the Thursday games as a, quote, poop fest and a, quote, middle finger from the NFL. I don't know which of those is worse, a middle finger or a poop fest. Probably a poop fest. If my choices for receiving punishment are to be flipped off or to have someone engage in a poop fest, I would choose the middle finger. Yeah. That doesn't really hold all that much weight for me. No, a poop fest sounds miserable. It sounds like a really bad, I don't even want it. bad situation. Yeah. Someone, they, it's, you know, kind of, I don't like to call out other journalists, but... Nobody followed up on like Richard. Please explicate. What do you mean by poop? Elaborate fest? on the specs right. of this this alleged poop right. fest. Talk about poop fest. I hate Thursday games too. Uh, I, I love Thursday games. I, I despise them. I have no interest in watching them most of the time. Uh, this is a horrible matchup. This is the worst one of the year, of course. The what? Rams. There have been being, some pretty bad ones. Don't this I don't is, know. I haven't that. seen a sixteen point underdog all year though. Like isn't they, that crazy too? Like the Seahawks just got housed by thirty points and now they turn around and are sixteen point favorites. Well the Rams fired Jeff Fisher and Does that maybe help, the lack of continuity is the concern. I don't think it would matter. How much? How much did the line shift as a result of Jeff Fisher? <laughs> I think firing? when when Fisher was still the coach, the line was like twenty two and a half. He got fired. It sunk down to sixteen. Yeah, so he's about a six and a half point per game coach. Gordon <laughs> right. Vegas. No, yeah. I mean, I'm kidding. In the of wrong course. way. I think. Yeah, I mean, we can make jokes about Jeff Fisher, but. Um, yeah, I think the the chaos or whatever you want to call it, the disarray that a midweek, let alone a midseason, uh, firing of a coach kind of leaves the team in a precarious spot. Uh, and we don't like. Did the Rams dislike Jeff Fisher? Like, I don't think he was like hated by the players necessarily. I think they probably questioned some strategies, but I don't know that this was necessarily like a mutiny on the part of the players as much as it was disagreements between ownership and management. Uh, and Jeff Fisher. He didn't build this roster. I feel like a lot of the animosity with the Rams organization right now should be with the front office. That being said, defending Jeff Fisher is not something that I, I intend to spend time doing. Uh, I think he tactically was very bland. I, I think, you think? Part, part of that was limitations of what he had personnel-wise. Part of that is just it's a that, guy who looked overmatched as a that coach. Internal seven and nine compass. Like he doesn't, he doesn't like physically have what it takes to get beyond seven wins. He couldn't find his challenge flag. Yeah, I mean that's an issue. That's one of those. That was kind of weirdly like one of the last straws. I think when you look back at like what led to this firing, there were a lot of things. You know, losing by like forty. What's the, the equivalent of that of for for you and I in our job? Like not what? being able to find a challenge flag. 
Yeah, is it being unable to turn on the soundboard before the podcast? That's happened. Yeah. Um, so maybe we are just like that. Just be like sitting down at your desk and like I just can't find my keyboard. Yeah. No. But I don't know. But like you don't use your challenge flag. Like some games you don't even use it. That's what I'm saying. So it's it's. And maybe, he did. He found it. He knew where it was. He just couldn't get to it. Couldn't get to it. Had a lot of skittles right. and other treats blocking it in his coat pocket. Uh, Rams getting 16 though. Are, are you interested in, in taking the Rams plus the points tonight? I mean, 16 is a lot of points. Like, isn't there kind of an unwritten rule that like when the spread is this high, you don't bet on the team to cover it? No, the, because you can easily imagine the Seahawks just winning 31 yeah, to three. But the Seahawks have also like fallen into the Rams trap over these last few years for whatever reason there's really no reason for it like the Rams have had their number they're like the one bad team that seems to get Seattle and I don't think that's going to happen you know in Seattle on on a short week like this with their coach being fired like everything is in favor of the Seahawks still uh but the Rams have played them well for whatever that's worth well that's because Jeff Fisher is Wiley Coyote and the Seahawks are obviously the roadrunner so the coyote like gets them every now and then, but the roadrunner always comes out on top. And the the coyote's always really an idiot, but yeah, it always looks for a brief moment like the coyote might actually yeah, have like him this, this giant time. stack of Acme TNT is actually going to stop the roadrunner. Yeah, look, I, look at me knowing like old cultural references. That's yeah. I don't know. How did you? I watched a lot of Wiley Coyote that. as a kid. <laughs> that explains a, a lot, lot. A lot of tape on Wiley. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Seahawks. I'm gonna give up 16. They got embarrassed by the Packers. Yes, they did. That was a poop fest. <laughs> I mean, that that was Russell Wilson played the worst game we've ever seen him play, uh, which previously might have been the NFC Championship game against the Packers. But that turned around enough to where it was easy to leapfrog it with the effort this week. I'll give up the sixteen though. I think mm-hmm. Seattle is like thirty points better than the Rams. Honestly, like in full seriousness, what would this spread have to be where you say, okay, the Rams? I, f- I feel comfortable taking the Rams to cover this. 22 at 20 at, at 21 and a half i think i'd i'd go okay. i'll go with the rams i think i think they're off by five and a half points on this line all right over under 39 by the way if you calculate the uh, expected scores based on that i think the rams are projected to score like 11 points tonight more or less yeah i so, could see that 11 and a half. if they score points it's going to be a weird total like that like they're not going to get to exactly 14 like they'll they'll miss an extra point or they'll randomly go for two or get like a fluky safety here's what that's it what, is that's yeah what it's the, the rams are at the, the fluky safety is key three field goals greg zerline the three field goals that's there's your nine late in the game as time's about to expire uh the seahawks are going to snap a ball out of the back of the end zone on a punt yep and that will be the 11th. It's going to be point. cold, too. It's supposed to be, you know, mid to low 30s in Seattle. There's a bunch of snow in the northwest. It's not even this cold week. anymore to me. Like, I, oh, I don't yeah. even, that's literally 40 degrees colder than it was here I, yesterday. I would, I would celebrate 30 degrees right now. I don't think it matters. I mean, Seattle's one of those teams that are used to playing in crap weather, too. I don't think it impacts. Yeah, well, I mean, for the Rams, you know, I think. Yeah, I mean, they're used they're, to playing in great weather. I saw today somebody threw out Paul Christ as a, an option for a, a Rams head coach next year. It was no. total just like, hey, here's an idea type of thing. Here's an idea. He doesn't seem like an L.A. Rams guy. He, he is Barry Alvarez's forever girl as far as the Wisconsin head coaching job goes. Like He's, he's a Madison guy who right. won't leave the Badgers for any other well, he job. Would, he, well, he would go to like a blue-collar job. Like Pitt you know, was a great spot for him. Or like if the – I don't even know. Like, it, like the highest he'd go up is like Penn State. You know, like Ohio State would be a little too highbrow for no, him. He's, he's this is the, he has the best college head coaching job that he's ever going to get. Probably, yeah, and especially being a Wisconsin grad and a 
Wisconsin, you know, a Madison guy, even like he said, I don't really know why he would want that job. Just thought that was a, an interesting name that was thrown out there. And I, I don't even remember who it was. Somebody, I think, I think it was someone with SI. Uh, but either way, I don't know who the next uh, Rams coach is going to be, but they have really nowhere to go but up. You know who it is. You're just not telling anybody. You don't want to reveal your sources. <laughs> I have heard Pete Carroll is there. He's like their their dream guy. Their dream, yeah, option. Which makes sense. I mean, like, sure, why not? I mean, that would, I don't think Pete Carroll would consider that. Like, why would you leave the roster you have in Seattle and, you know, one of the better situations in all of coaching, in my opinion, seems to be enjoying that job. But if he wants to get back to L.A. Yeah, he was the king of L.A. once was. as the USC's head coach, but I'm, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to find the same Being the level savior of, of the L.A. Rams would be kind of cool, but also way too risky, and there's just no reason to leave Seattle. That would be a really dumb move on his part. Uh, Dolphins-Jets playing Thursday night football on Saturday. Still what they're going with for the name. Uh, over under 37.5. Thank you, Bryce Petty uh, and Matt Moore. Uh, Ryan Tannehill not hurt as badly as we previously thought, but probably still going to be the guy for this week. What do you make of Bilal Powell? I mean, Matt Forte has got a knee injury he's been playing through. Bilal Powell going up against the Dolphins defense. It's been uh, one of the worst on a per-carry basis this year. I, I like the matchup. I think Bilal Powell is a top-10 running back this week, assuming Matt Forte doesn't swoop in and play somehow and then take 15 mm-hmm. carries. Yeah, uh, bizarre that we're you know in Week 15, and what do you make of Bilal Powell is, is a very legitimate like big-time question this week. Uh, but I like him. I, I, think, I think there's really no reason not to like him. Um, the Jets can't throw the ball. I think they're a team that at this point just wants to get this season over with and you know probably establish the run uh, because, as you said, they just don't have quarterbacks right now who are competent in just about any level. And you know this is a Dolphins defense that is good, not great. Um, and we saw what did Powell run for? Like one forty-five. He was crushing it. Yeah, twenty-nine yeah. carries, one hundred and forty-five yards. I think. Got to be. Yeah, you got to wonder. I mean, if Bilal Powell had been starting all season. Yeah, that might, might have been the Jets difference. undefeated. I don't know. Well, Maybe. good news for Todd Bowles. It doesn't seem like it's going to cost him his job. Uh, I think the Jets getting two and a half are the side I like better, believe it or not. Over under 37 and a half. It's going to be an ugly game with two yeah. backup quarterbacks going. Slight, slight edge for the Jets. I'll take them getting the points. I don't feel great if about it. If you were strapped to a comfy recliner and had to watch one of these two games, the Thursday night game or the Thursday night Saturday game, which one would you choose to watch? Oh, that's a that's a deep question. Um, yeah. You can take some time. We can revisit this at the end if you need time to think about it. You know, I'd rather have my Saturday night free, so I'll choose the poop fest because it's happening tonight, and then it doesn't commit me to having to watch a game okay. on Saturday night. So it's just more about the timing of the games. It's more about just my social life and, and how much what of do you a got going? social any, butterfly any cookie swaps or like vegetable meats or something you got going on this weekend the hell is a vegetable meat i don't know like a, like a swap meat what i don't know oh like, like oh like, like, a, like a meat like m-e-e-t like a, right yes yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the double e meat yeah. yes of course like a track meat uh no no vegetable races or swaps but uh more cookies of course because it's the holidays we do uh, which of these games would you choose to watch, given the constraints uh, Rams, of Thursday, Seahawks, Saturday? probably. Yeah. At least you have like a little bit of star power in this game. Like Seattle's fun to watch when they're clicking, and there's still that hope that maybe this is the week for Todd Gurley. I think our, this is. I think this is going to be the one. Maybe um, our colleague DJ Trainer, he hosts the uh, Hoops podcast with you a couple days a week. I don't know which days. I'm not really paying attention to the Hoops podcast right now. Yesterday, cool. Yep. 
It's a good podcast, though. I listened to it a lot last year, especially. Uh, the, not so good this year. <laughs> I, I, haven't even, I have not listened to a single episode yet this year. No, it's been good. We've, no, DJ and I have actually been able to get a lot of guests on the pod this year, which has kind of cut down on the monotony of just he and I talking you know, a couple times a week. So it's been fun. I mean, if you're... If you're into the NBA and like you know, we, we've been trying to focus on team-specific guys. You know, we had Chris Chris Fedor from Cleveland.com last week. Got some really really awesome info. You know, it's guys who really cover these teams day to day and have infinitely more access than DJ and I do. So it's been a lot of fun. Access hard to come by over here. Uh, DJ's got the tough decision to make of Gurley tonight against Seattle or Powell on Saturday. Powell. against the Dolphins, and my lean was Powell as well. I, I thought so. He said, I've gone back and forth on it four times, DVR, and I was like, well, I think you got to go Powell, DJ. I think that's the, the move, but I, that's yeah. the type of thing that it's really hard to do it, even though Todd Gurley's been letting you down right. all season, and if you've made the playoffs, despite Todd Gurley being your first-round pick, I mean, some other things clearly have gone right for yeah. you. Um, I think DJ's been cheating, personally. Um, cheating? Cheating. How? He just has. In in fantasy football, yep. That's, I don't want to. I don't want to get into it, but he has. Okay, well, conversation for is Bilal Powell pod, in the I conversation guess. for RotoWire 2017 magazine cover? Here's the deal. Uh, I have no authority over it, but if Bilal Powell scores five TDs this week and next week combined, yes, he's on the cover. That'll do it. I wish we would do like more. Like quirky covers like that, like I think that would be hilarious. It would be just, ran, just random players. Yeah, like horrible would, marketing. Yeah, you know, it'd be a terrible marketing. Or speech. or it'd it'd go viral. Super funny if you yeah. just put some really bad player on. Yeah, there. like I don't know, like Ripkowski or something. You know, you know, we always have the tagline like blank to stardom, like, ripping to stardom, or ripping to stardom. Yeah, that's uh, or like that's maybe exactly a Kuhn Ripkowski dual cover. Yeah, or maybe we could just make a Tecmo cover. That'd probably be awesome. Yeah. Sure. I mean, we need to, we need to mix it up. Maybe have somebody like kind of like a cool illustration or like a digital drawing of I don't know, I don't know. Maybe Marquise Lee. What about one of those uh, photo collages that are just photos that are zoomed in to really micro levels to make a bigger picture? Like little photos all combining, like a little collage to right. Make, like, yeah, a like a one? thousand pictures of various rotowire things, and yeah. when you when you pull back, when you look at the cover as a whole, you see yeah. like Liss or Pete or Liss and we could Pete. use every white receiver ever, and it's just like a big photo. It all makes a big photo of Wayne Corbett. Wow, that'd be an amazing that photograph. Would be awesome. I'll, I'll I'll talk to Pete as soon as we're done here. Yeah, I mean, you could maybe you could just go right to Liss with this one. Yeah, I might just go straight to the publisher. Skip, yeah. skip the middlemen. Cut out the middlemen. Right. Packers Bears happening in Chicago. Blustery cold conditions expected. If blustery is in the weather report, that's not good. Mm-mm. Over under is thirty nine. Uh, Bears are five and a half point underdogs. Aaron Rodgers already has a bad calf. This is going to be one of those games that's I think pretty ugly. I've heard the comparison. Uh, the guys on the Yahoo podcast were talking about it. Uh, as being conditioned similar to the Vikings Seahawks playoff game mm. from last year, that was I mean, the game. The game. That's kind of what they're up against in Chicago. This, this could be end up being like the Caleb Haney game oh, from a few no. years, from a few years ago, like where it's just you never really feel like the Packers are going to lose, but you never feel good about how they're playing. It's like one like one team is just playing slightly worse than the other. Uh, Rodgers did not practice on Wednesday. We don't have a report yet for today. I'm not too worried about that. I mean, like, Rodgers is going to play. It's just a matter of, you know, the conditions being what they are probably make this calf issue a little bit worse or a little bit harder to play through. 
Yeah, I, th- I think this next level of cold, which is what this game is forecasted to be compared to even mm-hmm. last week at Lambeau, does present some more unique challenges for Rodgers in maintaining that injury. So there are there's some risk on the Packers' side. I would give the five and a half. I think they can do enough with the likes of Ty Montgomery. Uh, maybe we see a little more Kristen Michael again this week. I think the running game will be solid. Passing game will be ample. And the Bears, there's just nothing to get excited about right now, unfortunately. Unless Jordan Howard runs wild, I think they're going to have a difficult time uh, keeping this within a TD. So I will give up the five and a half with the Packers. Jags, Texans, 39 and a half is your over-under. Jags getting sixth this week, Nick. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I'm done with the Jags. No, um, you're not. I've, how many times have I said that this year? A lot. Um, but, I mean, this, this, is a, this is maybe an opportunity. They played the Texans closely a few weeks ago. Uh, Blake Bortles, I think, has picked sixes in each of his last three games against Houston. Uh, did nice did you see the quote yesterday when, when he was asked about that? No. It was just kind of the typical journalist, uh, you know, let me, let me pull it up. I actually think I have it right here. You know, the, the typical kind of general question, you know, talk about what, what do you have to do to, to limit these pick sixes? You've thrown three pick sixes uh, the last three games against the Texans. Like Bortles said, quote, I've got to be a better tackler. Yeah. That's <laughs> take it in stride, as they say. That is, I mean, obviously he meant it as a joke, and I think that's pretty funny. But still, at the same time, it's equally funny and, and depressing. Um, Jags have nothing to play for. Texans do. Um, part of me thinks the Jags are due for a win, though. I mean, they've lost, what, seven, eight straight now? They're 2-11. and 11. Uh, And this is a, a very bad team, don't get me wrong. But I still do think they're, like, one step ahead of, like, 49ers and Browns bad. And the Texans still aren't all that good and their offense isn't all that good and if Jacksonville can just get like one or two lucky touchdowns which is kind of how all their touchdowns are these days all of a sudden this is a game because I don't see Houston scoring more than like 17 points yeah two lucky touchdowns might be enough to to get it that's what it's come to Uh, I'm not in the business of projecting that as the most likely outcome I'll take the Texans giving up the six uh, coming off pretty big win last week against Indy they're playing to win the division America's division is up for grabs right now, and Houston gets the Jags at home. I think they can take advantage of it. Not surprisingly, the over-under in this game, 39.5. We've talked about four games so far. The over-under in every one of them is below 40, so we've got some uh, riveting stuff Thursday, Saturday, and some of these early games. Yeah, weather's not not really a factor in this Jags-Texans game whatsoever, but still an over-under of, what was it, 30 39 and a half. 39 and a half. And yeah, Oof. weather won't be a factor in Houston. Uh, no. Interestingly enough, by the way, I, I pointed out to you last night, there's an updated version of Tecmo Super Bowl. Out I've there. never played Tecmo before. You, you might like it, but it's, uh, it, it's, you know, predates Madden. And Tecmo Super Bowl was cool because you had eight different plays that you could run at any given time. Four run plays, four pass plays. And there's design runs for quarterbacks, there's draws, there's all sorts of different stuff. There's fullback things you can do. There are flea flickers, two different flea flickers, actually three different flea flicker plays uh, when you count this sort of like weird double lateral one. Uh, Anyway, so you look at the playbook for the Jags. Tecmo Gus Bradley, in the year 2016, decided to use two of his eight plays the following way. He's got a designed run for Blake Bortles, where Bortles just kind of like rolls out around the right side of the line and just runs for his life they ran that play against me last night and actually got like 
18 yards on a third and 13. I don't know how. Are you playing the computer, or is this like a thing where you can play other people online? No, I was playing the computer. I was, I was playing against Gus. You know, I was playing against the, the built-up version of Gus. And then, of course, they have a flea flicker built in, too. So really, they've, they're, they're running six plays out of a possible eight. Okay. What, what is going on? I mean, the game is very accurate, too. Yeah, apparently. Ellen uh, Robinson was missed. He was wide open. Bortles overshot him. Would have been an 81-yard touchdown. Instead, three plays later, he throws a pick in the end zone as the game ends. Did uh, did the video game version of Blake Bortles kind of like jump around and pull on his helmet straps and it, it cut away? Throw his so helmet on the I, I assume it did, but it, you know it cut away before uh, I got a good look at what interesting his reaction was afterwards. So even even the Tecmo Jags have this air of futility about them that is almost unmatched. It's, yeah, it's it's permeated everything about the franchise. Uh, couldn't even get a win in Jimmy Smith induction day last week against Minnesota. I saw an advanced stat today. How many games would Bill Belichick have to lose in order to match other NFL head coaches' win percentages? So all the current NFL head coaches, this was courtesy of uh, For the Win, which I believe is a, a account run by USA Today. Guess, how many games in a row do you think Bill Belichick would have to lose to match Gus Bradley's win percentage. Consecutive losses to match Gus Bradley's. Belichick's coached for so long, too. Right. So, yeah, obviously it's... You got you to account for time um, and then how good one is, how bad the other is. I'm going to say Belichick would have to lose 725 consecutive games to have the same okay. losing percentage as Gus Bradley. Okay, so Gus Bradley's win percentage, he's 14-45. and 45. He's a uh, win percentage of 23.7. Uh, you actually went high on this, which is incredible. 668 losses. That's not, I'm not that far off, No, though. not at all. I thought, I thought you would guess, like, eh, 300. So 668 losses, that means he'd have to go 0-16 for almost 42 straight seasons. Wow. That is, that's impressive. Good work by For the Win coming up with the yeah. engaging blog post like that. That's what it is like when you watch a Jaguars game, especially, and again, like a suspicious number of Jags games have been televised this year. Like the stats that they come up with, like I really think the production meeting is just, all right, first hour, let's just come up with as many stats to make the Jaguars look even more terrible as we can. Well, the reason you do it too from a production standpoint is you want to make the Jags seem like the biggest underdog possible. So in the event this crappy team finds a way to beat some other crappy team, your announcers can just go full-on Gus Johnson about it, and it's totally justified based on the storyline that you just laid out throughout the first half. Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, yeah, at this point, yeah, the Jags are eliminated. Like For a while there, it was like, well, they only have two wins, but you know, a win here puts them right back in the mix in the South, and even they found a way to get out of that discussion. Uh, so it's, it's really just like pure grasping at straws for the announcing crews. Well, from one well-run franchise to the next, let's go to the Browns. They're 10-point underdogs in Buffalo this week. I, I think the Bills can find a way to screw this up from a, a cover standpoint. I don't think they're going to lose. So I'll take the Browns with the 10, with the expectation they just keep it a little bit closer than that 10-point line. Yeah, I mean... Write a novel over there? What's going on? Hey, I'm writing notes while recording the podcast. You're, That's you're, what's going you're on. Covering the wire? I'm covering the wire. Why? I don't know. I seem to be on the wire a little too much these days. I think we got people off with finals and stuff. So here's what's going on. Um, anyway, the Browns do find ways to keep these games close. They did that last week against Cincinnati. The Bengals, you know, were up 
in the first quarter, 14 to zero, and it looked like things were going to get out of hand really, really quickly. And as the Browns do, they they kind of found a way to make it a little bit of a game. Um, you know, it was 20 to seven at one, at one point, which for the Browns, you know, at home in a stadium that was like 30 percent full, not bad. Got it. Got it to within 20 to 10 even, uh, and and then the Bengals were able to to kind of put it away. But the Browns do hang around. I mean, last week was really. We, we haven't had that many signature, horrific 0-16 plays from this Browns team, uh, although the flea flicker into the end zone was one of them. Uh, RG3, you know, throwing his first pass basically like into the sideline uh, of the Bengals was another one. Bortles did that last night in Tecmo, too. He just rifled a ball into the third row of the stands. The hey, sight yeah, lines, you throw the ball away. Well, the sight lines of the Tecmo Bowl are really good. It's a good fan experience. You get nice and tight to the field. So, yeah, it's not hard to throw the ball into the third row, but Bortles did it. Yeah, right. I, mean, I think that's just good quarterbacking by him. Like, you want to make sure that ball gets out of bounds, no chance of anything weird with the wind, you know, interception, something like that. Yeah, especially in Cleveland. It gets pretty windy. It so does. you got to look out it's for windy that. windy city. If you're, if you're RG3, it's the original windy city. Uh, the Bills are going to keep using Mike Gillisley as their goal line back, apparently, but... Shady McCoy is still good enough to run wild in this matchup. Both backs are playable. I think you could throw Gillsley out there as a flex this week if you're desperate for help there. Maybe as an RB2 in like a 16-team league, but I think that might be pushing it just a bit. Do you think Terrell Pryor bounces back after a horrible game last week against the Bengals? I think I think he kind of has to, yeah. I, I was a big fan of Pac-Man Jones' press conference after that game. Are you a big fan of Pac-Man Jones overall? Because I feel like you oh, would yeah. be. Oh, yeah, of course. He's like the two chains of NFL corners. Right, in a lot of ways he is. Kind of looks like two chains. Yeah, I think I'm a huge fan of his. Um, Anytime you are literally grabbing a trash can and, you know, looking into it and asking, are you in there? Like, that was the press conference of the year so far. And I feel like a lot of people chastised him for it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, but I think, I, think prior, I think prior bounces back. Um, you know, I talked with Mario about this on Saturday on the XM show, and you know, the, the argument with RG3 is, all right, he's pretty bad at just about everything, but he can throw the deep ball well. Did he do that last week? No. But he has a history of being a good deep ball thrower. And it's like, okay, if there's someone on this Browns team that's going to benefit from that and catch, you know, these deep balls, it's probably Terrell Pryor. Again, not at all the case last week, but I think that logic still holds up somewhat. And again, you have to, you have to kind of adjust to everything on a Browns scale. Do you remember the trailer for Fox Sports 1 when the network launched, how they, they tried to make it seem like they were going to be this radical new sports network, and I got a bunch of hard-hitting highlights, and I think yes. it ended with RG3 like, having just thrown a long TD pass, and he's sitting there on the ground, and he kind of does the, the two hands up in the air like, like that. Yeah, you remember that. That was his signature for a while. That, 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 that gif of, at the end of the trailer, that three seconds, pretty much summarizes the network. Like when you, when you look at that in context now, you're like, oh, Wow, that that was very fortuitous to have him close the trailer that way. I think so, yeah, but it was like a celebration, you know? Right, but it, it's a joke now, like, because oh, he was right. supposed to be the big up-and-coming thing, and he was going to oh, be, just the fact he was going to change everything. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's both interesting and, and sad at the same time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I still love RG3, you know, even through all the the antics and kind of weird stuff that he's done over the last couple of years. Like I am a hundred percent rooting for RG three. I really wanted him to be good. I, I did. I, I thought it was fun when he was a good fantasy player. I mean, uh, it, it, it just, it, I don't know. 
the, the supporting cast is so bad. It's hard to grade them, but I think so too. It's not really going to be fair. But even still, like there's not even it, statistically anyway. It doesn't look like there's a lot there. Unfortunately, uh, Eagles Ravens happening in Baltimore. Ravens five and a half point favorites. The Eagles are just not good. They're two and eight against the spread in their last ten. Baltimore has a lot to play for. I think Baltimore crushes the Eagles by double digits. Yeah, I, th- I think Baltimore, you know, in a loss to New England, still kind of gained a little bit of credibility for me. I mean, they did fall behind early in that game, but but showed a little bit of resilience getting back into it. And even sitting at seven and six, this is a tough team and not a team that I don't I don't think anyone really wants to play come you know the first round of the playoffs and. The Eagles have been on a downward trajectory now for a few weeks, and you know even with that win over Atlanta, uh, things for the last six or eight weeks for them have not been great, and, and, and I think Baltimore takes care of business pretty easily. I'm with you. Chiefs-Titans at Arrowhead, maybe some cool conditions there too. Got to keep an eye on the weather report as the weekend gets a bit closer. Chiefs are minus 5.5, and, and I feel like that's a fair number. I think they're going to cover it. Titans are, are good. I mean, this is, this is a tough assignment. You go into Arrowhead in December – Against the good Chiefs team, meanwhile the Texans host the Jags. Like that, that might be the difference in America's division. The way well, the schedule is playing, they, out. they all have their chances. Yeah, they do. But I, I mean, mean the, the, timing's everything. It's much, it seems like it's much harder to play an Arrowhead now than it yeah. is in September. I don't. I mean, obviously, there's not much you could really do about this. But I don't love that a lot of times the most meaningful games of the year take place in the worst weather. You know, like I, ideally it would kind of be reversed where. You know the the conditions are kind of equal for games like this, but um, yeah, I mean, tough place to win, obviously in Arrowhead. I, I do, the Chiefs are beatable, though. I mean, we've seen Tampa Bay went in and won there a few weeks ago. They're suddenly good. They've had these, they've had they these so fluky bad. wins. Like things have bounced the Chiefs' way more often than not this season. There's like three games that they very easily sh- probably should have lost, and then came away with wins. Uh, you know the the pick two against Atlanta, the the Denver game they were pretty much dead to rights, the, uh, the Carolina game they were pretty much dead to rights. Uh, I mean, this is a team that could very easily be seven and six, but they're not, and they deserve credit for being ten and three. I think it's going to be a good game, but I expect the Chiefs to win this one by about a TD. So I'll, I'll give up the five and a half. Not one of the games I would be playing if I were in Vegas, but one that I have to pick as an obligation to this podcast nonetheless. Colts. Vikings, Colts getting four on the road to Minnesota. What do you make of this matchup? Not much. Um, so Vikings team's coming in hot. They're probably feeling themselves a little bit after running into Jacksonville. You going to pick that up? No. All right. Uh, yeah, I've been going into Jacksonville and getting a win on Jimmy Smith Day. I don't really know what could possibly rile up a team more than that. Uh, Vikings are kind of in an odd spot. I mean, five, six weeks into the year, they were – firmly in control of the NFC North and now really nothing is in their control right I mean if Green Bay wins out it it seems like they're kind of the team that'll take the division or at least a wild card if Detroit wins out they definitely win the division like the Vikings need a ton and a ton of help right now yeah they might get Adrian Peterson back in week 16 but he's not expected to play in this game started practicing this week and he wasn't good he's below two yards per carry anyway the offensive line is the problem the offensive line is bad that's why Jarek McKinnon and Matt Asiata have not been good. Right. Like I don't think Peterson coming back just remedies that all of a sudden. Like no, it's that, a boost for them just because AP's AP. But it's not like he was running all that well before the injury. I mean, it was a, a very small sample size, but still, the offensive line problems are not going to be corrected by Peterson's possible return. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Colts need this one bad to hang around too, so they're they're kind of in desperation mode. I'll take them plus the four. It kind of gives me some wiggle room in case the Vikings squeak out a win by a field goal or anything less than that. So I'm, I'm happier on that side. Quarterback play certainly favors the Colts. Uh, coaching favors the Vikings. Defense favors the Vikings. So it's a lot in Minnesota's favor, but I think Andrew Luck can keep it very close, and that's going to make this actually a somewhat watchable game perhaps, at least mm-hmm. in the second half. Lions and Giants. The Giants' defense uh, was on full display against the Cowboys on Sunday night. I think that's got everybody nervous about the Lions this week. They're over-under. This game is 41, so it's another lower game. Uh, could be cold in New York. Could be a situation, too, where because the Lions can't run the ball, they're going to be exposed to that pass rush. Matthew Stafford playing hurt right now. Maybe it's the recency bias, but I think the Giants can actually come away with more than a four-point win here. Yeah, I think the—I mean, I don't know, though. We've been piling on—these are kind of the two teams that I think don't really live up to their records. You know, I mean, before this Cowboys win— you know, you and I and just about everybody else have been saying, like, this Giants team is one of the worst seven-win teams in history. They're oh, one of the worst eight-win teams McAdoo. in history. And, like, I mean, that was a, that was a nice win uh, against Dallas. And Detroit, I think, in some ways, too, it's like nothing about them when you watch them says they're a good team, but they just have found ways to, to win some of these games. They really had no business beating Chicago though, as poorly as they played. The Bears were just, just played worse uh, last week. So it, it'll kind of be a, a interesting to see, I guess, which which of these teams – kind of breaks first i guess i mean how confident are you that detroit can win one of its next three against the giants in new york this week at dallas uh the day after christmas and then home to green bay in week 17 and one that could ultimately decide the division i think they have a better than 50 percent chance of winning one but that the lions like i know them so well i know that they're gonna make that sweat until the last week yeah I I think they I think they might go with three Nick I think I, I think, think so too I the get, Lions to me that I'm looking at the Titans and the Colts and the Vikings we just talked about those teams and their matchups and the Giants those five teams are all very similar to me in quality they're all yep. like middling like eight and eight caliber teams the fact that the Lions and Giants are both nine and four the the tagline on the bottom of the movie poster for this game should read two seven and six teams that are somehow nine and four that's what it should right, say exactly and I think that's how a lot of people view these teams. I mean, if Detroit drops these two and goes in, you know, hosts Green Bay in Week 17, there's just no chance they win that game, right? Like a play-in game, Lions against the Packers, sure, Rodgers against Stafford. Well, I mean, yeah, in theory they could, but like, do you just how could you be confident if you're a Lions fan? Oh, you, you probably wouldn't be, but you never know. I mean, I, I, they're, they're not they're not the same Lions team that's let everybody down for no, they're not, but. Until they come through in the clutch, like you, you're, you're going to always have that doubt right. in your mind about them. Steelers-Bengals, Steelers getting three on the road. A.J. Green might be back in this one. Steelers are just better than the Bengals right now. I, I'm giving up the three, mm-hmm. and I'm not really thinking twice about it. No, Bengals have looked good the last two weeks, but you know that's come against Philadelphia and Cleveland. Whoa, um, so. whoa, whoa. Well, still, I mean, the Bengals, I mean, they looked like they were ready to just pack it in after, after the A.J. Green injury, but... Uh, you know, going into Cincinnati, it's a little bit of a challenge just because the splits for Roethlisberger are that drastic. I mean, it's like a 30-plus difference in, in QB rating, and the interception totals are way up. The touchdown totals are way down. Uh, but at the same time, like you said, there's just too much talent on the Steelers team. Let's move on to the Saints and Cardinals over-under. In this one, 50-and-a-half Cardinals, two-and-a-half point favorites. 
Both teams uh, disappointing relative to their expectations coming into the season. Cardinals 5-7-1, Saints 5-8. and eight. The biggest question for me in this game is what is Drew Brees going to do after two bad games? I mean, if you've got him and you're in the fantasy playoffs this week, you're in a situation where you don't feel good about it, but you might have to use him. I mean, if you had Brees paired with Mariota, you got Mariota going up against the Chiefs at Arrowhead. I think I'd still play Brees, even though Arizona's defense can be very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you almost have to play the odds and say, like, okay, he's not going to go a third straight game with no touchdowns and three picks. I don't. That's never been done uh, in NFL history, as we explicated uh, on the Monday pod, who did he? I think it was Tyler Palco who he joined as the, Tyler Palco. the most recent quarterback to go two company. straight weeks with three picks and no touchdowns. Uh, I mean, you, you can kind of you can debate this for hours. I guess you know who's better, Tyler Palco or Drew Brees. Uh, but I, I'm going to take Drew Brees. Interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm not really sure where I want to go with that. Yeah, I think it's one that you know probably fifty fifty if you ask a hundred people. Yeah, we should probably start asking people in the office how they feel about Palco. Uh, Cardinals, I mean, I still don't really trust Carson Palmer, but in this matchup, home against the Saints, Saints defense has played better these last couple of games. I feel okay about Palmer. I mean, if he's your alternative to Breeze, do you play him? He's thinking about it. Yawning about it. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I would take Breeze in that situation. This this New Orleans offense, I think, is kind of due to break out of its slump. Uh, unfortunately, it's probably too late, you know, with the way that Atlanta and Tampa have kind of separated themselves in this division. I think the, the problem with this podcast is that you've been exhausted from writing player news updates during the broadcast every single week. So when we're in here recording... You're just you're stuck writing notes, and you're yeah. just exhausted by the time the podcast ends because you're doing I mean, three jobs at once. It's I hate to say it, but it's just hard to think of where this company would be, you know, without me. Yeah, you're doing some swiping too, so you got the, the personal thing going on on, on the one hand. Snapchat writing notes on the. On you, the left. You've been really bombarding me on Snapchat lately. I don't really have anybody else who uses Snapchat <laughs> I, I, that I know. I figured so that. <laughs> everybody else I know is like, what, Snapchat? And no. I feel like it's progressed, too. Like, each week, you like, I think for the first time, like, last night, you sent me one that had, like, writing on the screen. And I was like, oh, Derek must have figured out you can draw on Snapchat. Well, yeah, I know, I know you can draw, <laughs> but I'm like, well, does anybody write their message with the draw tool? Probably not. I mean, I imagine yeah, that's it the was, first time Yeah, that looked like hieroglyphics that. to me. I mean, you got to get a stylus or something. Yeah, and the, the important question that I want to throw out there for everyone to, uh, to ponder, uh, Darius Miles, former NBA player and prep star in the Missouri area, I think it was St. Louis. Uh, he, unfortunately, it has has to put up a, his uh, his personal belongings as part of an auction. He filed for bankruptcy, and you were kind of in, in, entranced, I guess you'd say, by the the items that were available. Oh, the boy, lead was in the column mentioned a waffle iron being for sale. Yeah, I think that was just kind of. Uh you know, a journalist trick to kind of bring you in and suck you into the article. Uh, you know, a hook, I guess, is very, what very they call cunning that in the attempt business. to uh, right. It was like, how much us. would you pay for Darius Miles waffle iron? And I was like, immediately, like, uh, a wow, lot, a uh, lot. Uh, how much money? At least a hundred. How much money can I pay for it? Uh, but yeah, sad story. I mean, guy who's going bankrupt. Uh, kind of somebody that I had already assumed was bankrupt. Honestly, like it was like, what well, didn't this happen? Like, how did it take this long? Type of situation. But he has a ton of cool stuff that he's auctioning off so i might have to make a trip down to to east st louis this you weekend you can't bid online no i actually did look into that uh it's a live <laughs> auction at that some like warehouse in missouri uh, but he's got like he's got like latrell sprewell autographed shoes latrell sprewell autographed jersey 
Glenn Rice autograph jersey, just kind of a who's who. Travis Outlaw, on yeah, multiple autographs. Definitely jerseys. going to this. What is it? Saturday afternoon? When is it? I got to do the XM show. Yeah. So you're leaving after XM? Yeah, I'm gonna catch a flight. Got a helicopter landing on the roof of the Rotowire office to bring me right to the Darius Miles estate auction. That's probably where you should be. Niners, Falcons. Oh, and by the way, I'm taking the Cardinals, giving up the two and a half. I don't trust the Saints ever. Okay. Niners, Falcons. Falcons are two TD favorites, over under 51 and a half. I'm taking the Falcons, giving so up the 14. So Vegas says it's going to be like 37 to, no. no not, what, quite, not quite. I'm really bad, really bad at math. We're going to say more like 32 to 18, 33, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 18, something in that range. 49ers, I don't know if they're getting to 18 points. 33-19, I think, would be the more precise count. Yeah. Not going to happen. Atlanta I think this Bulls. could be one where, like, I don't know, the Niners are, are a little bit scrappy. Uh, I, I think they'll, they'll find they a are. way to hang in with, for, with the Falcons for a little bit. And like, this Falcons team is also due for one of those games that reminds you that they're the Falcons and you can't trust them week to week. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're going to win this game, and they're, I think they're going to win it comfortably, but I don't know that it's going to look like the Saint, or the. L.A. game last week. I thought I thought the L.A. game last week might be the one where they let a team right. hang I, around. Yeah, I kind of thought so, too. They won convincingly without Julio Jones. I think they're going to They roll. got Jeff Fisher fired. They're going to roll in the uh, the Deion Sanders bowl. Do we know if Julio's going to be back? Let me, let me get a check on that. By the way, Gucci Mane was on the Bill Simmons podcast yesterday, and he's great friends with Julio Jones. He referred to him as Julio Montana, what? which is awesome julio montana yeah why what's the backstory i think that's uh i've never seen this movie but i believe it's a scarface reference right yeah it's 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 a scarface reference yeah i don't think you want to be tony montana and i think that's like a that's like a compliment in the in the hip-hop world i mean it it is until well i'm not gonna yeah all right sure Mm -hmm. uh okay so atlanta is saying that Jones actually has a sprained toe, not turf toe. Not, yep. not going to pretend I know the difference between that. Uh, but nah, he did not on, practice on Wednesday. Pretty much up in the air at this point. I think the challenging thing with Julio Jones is that the Falcons could play him and use him as a decoy, and it's justified because they're still mm-hmm. pushing for a playoff spot. Whereas with A.J. Green, by comparison, we talked about the Bengals-Steelers right. a few minutes ago. If they put him on the field, they're going to use him because they have no... Yeah. reason at all to play him unless they're going to use him because yeah. they're not going to the playoffs. Sure. And, I mean, Greedon is practicing on Thursday for what it's worth. If Julio, let's say he comes back to practice, like let's say he's limited today and maybe he gets in a, some work on Friday and he ends up playing or he's active on Saturday, if, he, if you have him in season long, is, do you take the risk and throw him out there? Or does it depend who you have behind him? Yep, I would play him. Um, I, I think unless you're in a league where you only start two receivers and – in that scenario, you've got better alternatives. Right. Sure, you can you can sit them there, but I think you got to play them otherwise. Uh, let's talk Patriots Broncos. Tom Brady with a bad matchup had a bad matchup on Monday night too against the Ravens, but picked apart that Baltimore defense. You're playing Tom Brady this week in leagues where you have him, or is it kind of like the Drew Brees situation uh, where you're trying to back away where possible? Well, see, the thing is, I'm pretty much eliminated everywhere. Oh, you're not so even out. Have to make this decision. There you um, go. Hypothetically, if I was in the playoffs still in any of my leagues, I think I would be comfortable with Tom Brady. Uh, not a guy that I'm usually willing to bet against. He's, I mean, this Broncos defense is just not quite what it was. I think last year. I mean, it's still 
certainly a very intimidating defense and and one that you're not going to be targeting week to week. Uh, but I mean, over under a 44, New England's a three point favorite on the road. I like that. Yeah, I think the Patriots come away with the W here. Big game for Denver. I mean, they need it give, based on the way the AFC West and the AFC playoff picture uh, is coming together. I think Brady, I'm trying to think of, of the, the QB2s you might have that I would play over Brady this week. I mean, if you had Brady and Jameis Winston, maybe yeah. I'd go Jameis. If what you if had, you have, like, Derek Carr? I think, I don't know. I don't, if, if people probably don't have that, but I, I'd play Carr. I mean, over-under in that game is higher closer Mariota in Kansas City I wouldn't play Mariota over Brady uh Stafford against the Giants I wouldn't play him over Brady Tyrod against the Browns maybe only because it's the Browns I'd think about it yeah I mean Tyrod might like lose his job (laughs) that that's what it's come to is well yeah if if he comes out and throws a couple picks in the first half which he doesn't even turn the ball over that much but if he does oh hey Cardell Jones is gonna play like that would be incredible what they're gonna do We we need Cardell Jones yeah, need, I might need be a stretch. Uh, Justin Forsett maybe in line for more touches this week. We'll see if we get any details from the Broncos. Really frustrating situation, though, if you're a Devontae Booker owner. Forgot to mention this when we were talking about the Packers. Uh, James Stark's status is something to keep an eye on. Apparently he got in a car accident today and is now in the concussion protocol. Oh, well, hope he's okay. So, I mean, not I, a guy you're his rushing. Role, his role right. is changing anyway. Not a guy you're rushing into your lineups. But, you know, if you're in some sort of deep league and – you know, you have James Starks, something to look at. Yeah, if you're in a 30-team league and you're going to play James Starks this week, you might not want to. If you're in to. one of those popular 45-team leagues, yeah. NFC only, 45 teams. <laughs> NFC North, Packers only. Raiders, Chargers. Raiders, three-point favorites on the road. San Diego looked so bad last week. I'm trying to erase that from my mind, and I'm having a hard time doing that. It matters for the Raiders. It doesn't for the Chargers, but it's a rivalry game. Is it a sucker play to go after the Raiders giving up three? Eh, not necessarily. Um, it sounds like – wait, are you, are you saying you like the Raiders or dislike the Raiders? I, I feel like I, I, I want the Raiders. Yeah. But is it a trap? The Chargers always seem to be in this spot around like weeks 15, 16, 17, right? Like didn't they beat the Broncos last year right around this time? I want to say I, I could be totally wrong, but I, I feel like they beat the Broncos like the day after Christmas or something like that. Uh, like they always seem to be just out of it, but that team that you still don't really want on your schedule this late in the year because they're not just going to roll over. Uh, but that said, it sounds like Me- uh, Melvin Gordon is not going to play, uh, which is probably the right call. I mean, you'd bring him back next week if you want to get him to 1,000 yards. Um, and even if if he would have played, how effective would he have been? Uh, so, I mean, now they turn to what? Kenneth Farrow and I think Ronnie Hillman. Get some Ronnie Hillman passing Ronnie Hillman? down yeah. work in there. Yeah, our Joe uh, Joe out in the office was, is very high on Ronnie Hillman this week. So. Office Joe. Pro, I don't, I don't, I don't like Ronnie Hillman at all. I don't know. He said uh, he said he didn't like Farrow in pass, in pass protection last week, and, and Hillman's the guy uh, who might be out there in passing down situations. So, I don't know. Hillman will be the third down back. Farrow gets like 14 to 16 carries. This just screams like Farrow carries 16 times for 45 yards. Type Probably, of week, yeah, I mean, that, that could happen. And then Hillman ends up like catching yeah. a TD pass. Joe is right, but I'm fading Joe right now. And Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm fading Joe for sure. <laughs> Bucks, <laughs> Bucks, Cowboys is your Sunday night game. The Bucks are getting seven points against Dallas. Dak played poorly against a good defense which your margin for error against the Giants is pretty small right now based on their current form the Bucks have been rolling in recent weeks do you trust them to go into Dallas 
and win outright, or do you think they at least keep it within a TD? I don't think they win outright. I think Dallas bounces back and and proves why they're an eleven and two team. Um, I mean, Tampa Bay's been hot though. I, 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 how many people really trust Tampa Bay right now, despite winning? Was it five in a row? I don't know what to think of them because I when know. I was picking like, them throughout the beginning of the season, they were crap all the right. time. They've won five in a row. Road wins at Kansas City, at San Diego. They beat Seattle, holding them to five points. Uh, the Bears win doesn't look all that great, but they blew them out. And then they beat the Saints last week, and they've won these games with defense. You know, this Bucks team is one that we talked about of, you know, kind of a. I think the defense was maybe going to be the liability for them. They were going to pile up points. They're going to throw the ball around, and that's not really how they've won these games. I mean, over their last four, they've only topped twenty points once, and then they've won all four of those games. So, I think they're a much more complete team than than we thought. Uh, I think they'll they'll keep it close with Dallas, but Cowboys back at home, I think, are going to be eager to to show that last week was at least in their minds a fluke. Zeke's going to run for two hundred yards this week, and the Cowboys are going to win, but they are going to win by less than seven. So I'll, I'll take okay. So. If Dallas wins and Zeke does rush for 200 yards, does that lock him up as the MVP? Yep, that's going to do it in the eyes of many. I think Le'Veon Bell should be the MVP, but he's not, I really he won't think Rodgers has a chance. I, I wouldn't put money on it, but I did look into putting money on it yesterday. And right now, if you put down, I think 50, you can win like 400 bucks. Your your internet search history has to be tremendous. Darius Miles estate auction. Aaron Rodgers MVP odds. Where to, Mane, how to get to East St. Louis? Yeah, yeah Gu- right. Gucci Mane discography. How to how to rent a private helicopter? Yeah, that I mean, any myriad of things you might find on there. Yeah, the FBI. Would I was have searching, a field uh, day putting that one together this morning. I actually had to do a search for how much money did Andres Bedrins make in his NBA career. Last night, I got down the rabbit hole with, with a friend of mine and was on Julio Franco's japanese uh baseball reference page wow yeah That's a lot of range yeah it was something biedrin's uh 23 million no uh it was like 60 plus i want to say it was like 65 what? million yeah he, the last deal he signed was like six years 54 million what in the hell how old these... do you think biedrin's is 34 30 what 30 years old he's in his prime right now just hanging out in latvia hasn't mm. played in the nba in three years yeah, he's he's there. Winston Bishop now, I guess, even though he made a bunch of money here first. Uh, Panthers, Redskins, Monday night game. Carolina stinks so much. I I can't possibly pick them. I can't do it. Carolina can't pick Carolina. No, I I went with Washington in my in my pick'em league this week. Huge week for pick'em, uh, and this is my one point game, meaning I have the littlest confidence uh, in this because I just I don't know. I mean, Carolina is so fluky week to week. Six and a half though for Washington does seem a little bit high. It's a little high. I opened it four. I liked it better at what four. What happened? Um, Two and a half points. Further evaluation, the money shifted. <laughs> I mean, like it's, that's a lot though. Yeah, it's it's a big jump. Uh, I think with the Panthers, I mean. Cam could put up some good numbers this week, but Kirk Cousins should own the Carolina secondary. Home against Mm -hmm. the pass defense, it's been a big disappointment this year. I think this lines up well. In in a week full of bad quarterback matchups, Kirk Cousins actually has a very good one. Yeah, I think so. Um, You know, I'm trying to look at the weather. Shouldn't be a huge factor in this game. Hovering, I think it's going to be, you know, high 30s, maybe low 40s. So it shouldn't be a, a major, major issue. Uh, with this one being a night game. But, yeah, I mean, an over-under of 50.5, you certainly have to like. 
So I'm seeing a headline right now. Sunday could be the coldest game in Bears history when they host the Packers. It could be that frigid. Uh, Meteorologist Uh, Tim Heaney and I will go through the weather report in further detail on the Friday episode. Thank you for listening to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.